0: hello and welcome to this week's episode of banter on the parkway as we gear up for the college basketball season ahead we are going to take a trip down memory lane today um as we look forward we want to look backward for a moment and look at the history of the xavier basketball program so i am joined as always by brad brad how are you doing
1: I'm doing pretty well. Got out and enjoyed a run here. It's 68 degrees and sunny in Northeast Ohio in November, and that never happens. Okay, the
0: phrase enjoy to run. um, How's that work?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, it just means I didn't get hit by traffic. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Pretty low bar to clear then. (laughs) All right. And joining us for the first time ever, um, you guys are going to be witnessing the Batman Begins, if you will of uh the the banner on the parkway staffs xavier fandom because our dad is joining us today of course our dad is the original xavier fan in our family for those of you who don't know the entire staff of our website is all brothers and our dad raised us all right to be xavier fans so we're going to get into that and discuss a few things with him about the history of the xavier program and his fandom of that so dad how are you doing
2: i'm doing great i got out and enjoyed a hike in a park today
0: Wow. Okay. Well, um, I was in my office all day and didn't particularly enjoy it. So I guess you guys have me beat. Um, So anyway, Dad, I guess the first question kind of launching in here is Brad and I are both child children of the 80s. So what was it like growing up with the University of Cincinnati being a nationally prominent program? Um, You know, that had to be wild, right? (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's not the first question, yeah, but it's it a great yeah. question. Um, you know, I mean, we 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 watch these movies with Packards and you know, uh, Tommy Guns and you know, uh, also University of Cincinnati being nationally relevant. So anyway, uh, Dad, you grew up uh, out west of Cleveland between um, Lorraine and and a little farming community. So how is it that you became uh, a Xavier basketball fan?
2: Well. As you boys well know, your mom and I went to high school together in northern Ohio, uh, completed our schooling in college, got married. I started a career with Ohio State Parks, and that took me all over the state. And uh, before Brad was even born, we ended up down in southwestern Ohio. And I've always been a huge basketball fan. And uh, I played it. Enjoyed watching it. You know, we used to watch the Buckeyes. And, and uh, you know, when we moved down here, Dayton had Don Donaher as their coach. And, of course, you mentioned UC. Well, then I got into officiating basketball. And uh, in those circles, I heard about Xavier because of their coach. And their coach at the time was a fellow by the name of Pete Gillen. And so I started following them because I so appreciated how he handled the game because Coach Gillen was a coach, and I'd officiated so many games where the coach was a screamer, a yeller, a baiter, and all uh, Coach Gillen would do is fold that towel up, kneel down, and coach. And it was such a contrast in the early years watching he and Bob Huggins from UC. So that kind of started us following Xavier and as you guys you guys came along man, you know you became ex fans
0: Gotcha gotcha so Pete Gillen was kind of the the factor that that drew you in to becoming uh, a Xavier fan because of you know his his acumen and his calm de- demeanor so obviously that was in 1982 uh correct that, that you really started Well, that's following when we moved Xavier. down here, yep. Okay. Um, so in that time, Xavier's had several coaches. Um, so out of the coaches that Xavier's had, um, since you've been a fan, um, who's your favorite? And just know if you say Thad Matta, I'm hanging up and <laughs>
2: probably not coming to Thanksgiving. I don't even recall <laughs> Thad Matta. Um, no, I'll tell you, Pete Gillen is far and away my favorite. And here's here's another reason. You know, well, a couple reasons. He used to do commercials with Chris Collinsworth, who played for the Bengals, and Pete was hilarious. I don't think he was trying to be, but just with his East Coast accent and his deadpan delivery, it they were hilarious. Uh, JTMs and home city ice and that. But anyway, but what I'd really learned to appreciate about Pete Gillen was he kept his word because he had a contract with Xavier, and one year, Providence came calling Pete Gillen, And now that was his alma mater. And they were in the Big East. And at that time, we were in the – oh, boy. I can't even remember which – comp. we weren't even in the A-10 yet. I think it was uh, the Midwest Valley or some such thing. And Providence came calling, and he told them, I have a contract, so I can't leave. I'm You know, I'm going to honor my contract. What do I teach my players – if I leave on a, an agreement. So I, I really, I really thought that was something. Well, the next year, Notre Dame came. And if you're, you know, like Pete was, went to a, a Catholic college and he's coaching there and Notre Dame came calling and he turned them down too. Cause he still had a year on his contract. So he's always been my favorite coach. There've been some good ones. And there have been some that I try to forget their names, but Pete Gillen had a contract. He honored it. He kept his word. So forever and always, he'll be my favorite catch.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's a thing that, that stood out about, um, skip Prosser as well is he, he, he had opportunities at times to bolt for greener pastures and, um, stuck it out with Xavier because he wanted to, to stick up to his word. And of course um, ended up having a lot of success at, at Wake Forest and then unfortunately passed away, but yeah. Um, okay. So Pete Gillen stuck to his word is your favorite um, Xavier coach uh, in your time as a fan. Now, Brad, um, you probably, do you remember Pete Gillen uh, coaching Xavier or just as an analyst? Okay, Brad left again. Um, he's he's thrown a fit, um, because I haven't thrown it to him yet. But for me, I only remember Pete Gillen as an analyst. I briefly remember him coaching Virginia, I think. Um, yep. but mostly it's just as an analyst. But I do like it when he's on the call for Xavier games because he does have such a a thick East Coast accent and uh, uh just a unique uh, outlook on the game. So, uh, you mentioned his contrast with with a guy by the name of of Bob Huggins. Um, West Virginia's own Bob Huggins Um, and that kind of brings us into Xavier's rivalries um, because they've had a lot down through the years Um, namely Cincinnati is is the big one, the Crosstown shootout but um, of course they they had the the conference rivalry for a number of years in the Atlantic 10 with Dayton um, as well as you know I mean, Butler, We're um, only doesn't like Xavier, we don't get along with them too well. But um, what's been your favorite rivalry down through the years and maybe um, what what rivalries really stick out to you um, from your time uh, following Xavier?
2: Yeah, well, of course, the Crosstown shootout's the big one. And again, the reason I so enjoyed that was because Xavier just owned those guys, especially in the early years. And you would just watch Coach Gillen kneeling on the sideline, pushing his glasses up and Huggins, just ranting and raving and jumping up and down and, and, uh, being himself. And, you know, it was always such a great time to watch X beat UC, especially over at UC's own house. Um, you know, more recently Butler's been a great one, you know, cause having to play over in the barn and some of the, uh, Games involving timing issues over there are memorable. <laughs> um, you know UD of course when we moved down here we were a lot closer to Dayton than we were Cincinnati, and they had uh, Don Donaher, and and they'd had a they'd had a real run through the 70s. but uh just the fact that every time they traveled to X, X handled them. I mean that you can, it's only a rivalry if it's competitive. And so Dayton kind of dropped off the screen. You know, I think Butler's going to continue to be interesting.
0: Yeah, um, interesting in that they can apparently make time disappear, (laughs) Um, which I think is a modern scientific miracle, Um, you know, and also what it takes for them to beat Xavier, apparently. Um, So looking back, I mean, there's been – some excellent teams, obviously, that, that Pete Gillen put together, Skip Prosser put together um, a couple of really great teams. Um, Matta and Miller, um, much as as it may, you know, pain you to remember their exits. <laughs> uh, they put together great teams. Coach Mac put together some great teams. What is the best Xavier team um, since 1982, in your opinion?
2: Oh, man. You know, bro, that's a toughie. Because... Uh... In their own unique way, each – I really liked each team. You know, they had a personality. Um, you know, it would be tough for me to narrow it down to one team. Now, you know, I loved the team that had Trayvon and JP and and, uh, and how they played and as far as they went with the talent they had. And, and uh, of course, facing Ohio State for a chance to advance – in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that mm-hmm. squad never quit. You know, I used to love watching the, the X-Press when James Posey would be at the point of that. So, you know, I can't – you know, I really racked my brain trying to figure out which one was my favorite. But, you know, I am of the lineage of X-fans that I just like. I enjoy them all.
0: Um, okay, well – Looking at our Twitter mentions last year, a lot of people did not enjoy that one um, <laughs> or the year before, but I, I'm with you. I get what you're saying. Um, Brad, I don't know. Are you back with us yet, Brad? Yeah. Wow. I agree. Great point, Brad. <laughs> it's so understated is this thing is it's it's a, it's a dry humor. Um, yeah. And you really have to, you really have to, you know, think about it for a second before brad's jokes hit but anyway yeah i mean 2004 2008 uh, the 1996 team you mentioned james posey at the front of the Express, press um and i think 96 was the year he he won sixth man of the year because um as good as he was he wasn't even in the, the starting lineup um, when they had lumpkin and brown and williams and johnson and and torrey braggs um right well in so, 90, yeah, was,
2: in 96 bry i think wasn't that the year that UC was number one, and we went over to their place, and Lenny Brown beat them.
0: Yeah, yeah, number number one in the country, number two in their own city. Yeah, according to the great Andy Mack. Andy Mack, um, that was also ninety eight. So,
1: to be oh, fair, yeah, um, but
0: uh, yeah. So, um, is there a game that stands out to you? And obviously, it, you can't narrow it down to one. Um you can't narrow it down to one team but maybe one from each decade you know the 80s the 90s the the 2000s and the 10s is there a game from each decade that kind of stands out to you as the pinnacle um for for you as a fan
2: well yeah i'll tell you um if you go back to 1988 which you probably can't remember that uh, I, no. do, I
0: yeah i i mean i existed
2: <laughs> Right, right yeah, 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 you – uh well, never mind. But it, they started the year by playing a Louisville team that was just red hot the last couple of years. I think Louisville come off 86 being national champs, and they were ranked number four in the country and X beat them. You know, their second game of the year. I mean, that was – that was something, that team. Um, was that
0: a Purvis-Ellison Louisville team? There's uh, that, yeah, I think
2: Purvis, Purvis, nervous Purvis, they called him, but I mean, X handled think, wait, the number four called team in the nation. So that was, um, you know, and I'm sure if Brad were on here, he could correct me if I got that wrong, but that's, well, that's what not, I remember. So won't. Say
0: whatever you want, dad. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, uh, in the nineties, again, UC being number one, and we knock them off. And, you know, I just so clearly remember, you know, Brown running down the floor after that, and Andy Mack saying that, you know, number one in the country, number two in the city thing. That was a big deal. Um, you know, in the 10s, when we beat Arizona in the tournament. Yeah, was, 2017. Yeah, that was – uh. Yeah, that was exciting because, uh, you know, that. Well, as soon as we got that matchup, I was excited because I really felt like, again, the lineage that Pete Gillen, Skip Prosser, and those guys set up, and then you have Sean Miller. And uh, I just thought, man, that was poetic justice to take him out. But
0: they so, were great. So the, 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 you skipped the, the arts. The, the 2000
2: to 2009. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know. And that's, again, I had a tough time trying to identify a single game then because that, you know, what was really fun about the odds is you guys as a group were all really into it then. And, you know, part of what made me enjoy it, so sitting around listening to you guys and watching you go nuts during the games and, uh, you know, so – it would you know that, i couldn't i couldn't nail that one down but let me ask you this brian what was okay. your favorite game in the aughts that you recall
0: well i it has to be the west virginia game uh in 2008 um in the sweet 16 um took it to overtime it had all the elements it had they were up against uh bobby huggins again um after he had been run out of uc um, it was a great Xavier team. They were a three seed that year and um they had been disrespected as Stanley Burrell pointed out in the the A ten postseason <laughs> awards. And they gotten a little disrespect, I think, nationally. Um, but they they ran into West Virginia in the sweet sixteen and what a game. Um, incredible game. Um BJ Raymond, of course, hit the shot that I think every Xavier fan remembers. Um off of what I have to say is probably one of the greatest passes in basketball, if not just plain old sports history from Stanley Burrell, um, (laughs) in my humble opinion, (laughs) but um, but you're supposed to, you're supposed to bounce it at somebody's shins. (laughs) Right. I mean, first day of basketball practice as a freshman coach said, if it hits him in the ankle, it was a good pass.
1: Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
0: Anyway. Um, I will not stand for your Stanley. Hey. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's gotta be the one from the odds that stands out. The Texas game in '04 four, um, was pretty incredible with, uh, Romaine Sato, uh, mm-hmm. sealing it from the line. And, um, you know, obviously the, the crosstown shootout that year with Chalmers hitting the step back, um, was, was a big one. Um, but for me, it, it's always going to be the West Virginia game in 08, just cause I, I I like seeing Xavier win. I like seeing Papa Huggins lose. And right. those things happened um, on and that I'll particular you,
2: night. I had written that one down because that was just something. Those threes from the corner. And, you know, coming from the leading assist man in school history, I believe, Stanley Burrell. I don't think statistically he is, <laughs> I think emotionally he definitely is. <laughs> Um yeah, I'm sure if yes, Kimmy is, yeah.
0: I don't <laughs> anyway, we're not gonna get into this.
2: No, we're <laughs> people not people don't we're need
0: not. people don't need to hear this. Arguably people don't need to hear anything we say on our <laughs> podcast, but especially not this. Um okay, so um is there one moment? You know, basketball is is defined, really all of sports, defined by moments. Um, you know, you have you have the hand of God goal or you have, you know, um, Bucky Dent hitting the home run or, you know, Carlton Fisk waving the ball fair. You know, there there are all these huge moments that you can you can pick out in sports history. Is there one moment that you can look back on and it it kind of vindicates you as a Xavier fan, you you're glad you've stuck with this team through all of the the highs and the lows and things like that. Is there one crystallizing moment not a game you know not a season just one moment that you can point at and you can say that has made this whole journey worth it to me
2: well yes i can and you know and it didn't even happen in a game it happened before a game
0: oh i thought you were gonna say two saying not not thugs tough guys on the court (laughs) That was uh, no, it for me, honestly.
2: <laughs> no, I was not going to. That, that would not be in my top 50. But, um,
0: huh, That is interesting. Um, not like you. Anyway, right, go ahead.
2: right. So uh, I'll tell you what. You guys had gone together and bought mom and I tickets to a game. And uh, we went down there and it was our first time in the Cintas Center, you know, and we were like little kids. We got there early and we walked through the Hall of Fame. And uh, we used some of the gift money you'd given us, and I bought that X hat that uh, Coach Mac signed. Then later, and you know, and we just had such great time. We got up to our seats, which you know we could see the court. I wish you guys had spent a little more money, but you know, um, we got up there, and you know how when X would come out, one of the players would lead the way, carrying the big banner. So so this this moment was Brad Redford's senior year. And the game, we're there. He comes out bringing the banner. And I'll tell you, that was just a thrill to me because I love that dude, even though I never spoke to him. (laughs) (laughs) But just as a coach and as an official, watching how that kid played, to me, he epitomized Xavier basketball and uh, watching him do that i mean i still when i think about it i get chills cuz that was just quite a moment
0: um so let's go off the record because I, I guess he is too cool for us are you more proud of brad redford or my brother
1: brad <laughs> well i, remember Wait, one I think time i hear brad. Brad,
0: brad can you hear us i can hear
1: you still oh okay, okay well you're Welcome back, back. Oh. um <laughs> Yeah, I'm you're going to want to edit out a most.
0: softball question. Let's see what he does with it. No,
1: I've been able to hear you the whole <laughs> <See>? time.
2: <laughs> oh, I apologize for what Brian said. But the uh, I'll tell you, I remember one of the articles in Banners on the Parkway where Brad asked that same question, my son Brad, saying, I don't know if dad likes me more or Brad Redford. And, you know, after a lot of consideration and weighing all the options, you know, and then realizing <laughs> three of my grandchildren are his, I decided Brad Dopp, you know, so.
1: Wow. Whoa. Holy cow. What an upset. I'm just glad that the big <laughs> reveal is that my kids aren't actually Brad Redford's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. I'm going to let that go. <laughs> All right. Didn't nobody want to up build you there.
0: Whose jump shot motion makes your shoulders hurt less, Dad? No. Um, okay, so obviously, from from 1982 to now, um, Xavier has put some some great players through the uh, through the program. Obviously. Um, when I was a kid, they were they were power forward. You um, with with Grant and Strong and Hill and all those guys. Anyway, um, who would be your 1982 to present starting five for Xavier?
2: Go. <laughs> okay, I know you guys are not going to like this. Uh, David Why? West. I
0: like all of Xavier's players. Oh man, what a pick!
2: <laughs> right? Yeah, kind of a, a sleeper pick, but David oh, West. Wow. I mean. David he was
0: West. I'm trying to remember him.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, little guy played guard. He uh, right. He was a force. Um, the aforementioned James Posey. I just liked the way he played. I mean, you know, when he was running the point of the press, he played like his hair was on fire. You know, um, I really enjoyed watching him. Uh, Trayvon. I've seen guys with a quick release, and Trayvon. You know, there were times when he mostly redirected the ball. He really didn't even hold it and shoot it. But just watching him, and, you know, he didn't get flustered. He just played. No matter what happened in a game, if someone was in his grill barking at him, you you could just see his expression didn't change. I really appreciated that kid. Um, number four is Josh Duncan. And he's another one that, you know, He was so composed, but that guy was a monster. I do believe he still owns the bench press record at Xavier. Brad,
1: uh, is that true? Yeah, I think think somebody came close to it last year, but I I think Dad's right. I think he still
2: holds it. Yeah, yeah, last I checked. And then rounding out my starting five, you need a guy that can handle the ball, can run the offense – can uh, do all the intangibles and has the nearly the quickest release I've ever seen. And that, of course... be
0: Harris. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that would be the pride of Frankenmuth, Michigan, Brad Redford.
0: Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, so, hey, I remember the you, time... Yeah,
0: you went for him over uh, to Holloway, huh?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was close. We'll see, because I gotcha. remember... I remember distinctly watching the game where Redford actually took somebody to the hole, was beat a guy off the dribble and laid it in, because that dude had aggravated him. So, yeah. But, again, I just like the way that kid played. <laughs> I – I wonder who
0: yeah, – okay.
2: It only happened yeah, once. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and, plus, that year he was injured and he would do those interviews. Those that things, was funny. Those things were hilarious. But I just like that guy because he wasn't tall. He wasn't fast. He wasn't even quick. <laughs> but he, if he got the ball and was on a roll, he can make it happen. And then I got it for you, Brian. I got an honorable mention.
0: Don't say it because uh, we're going to actually have a, a moment later where, where you get uh, a chance at this.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: um, and I know what you're going to say. And I know it's going to make me angry. (laughs) So we're going to move on. Um, Wait, before we move on. Well, no, right now. Right now, actually. Brad, what do you you have to say?
1: Dad said that Redford wasn't fast. He was actually the first Xavier player to crack five minutes in the Xavier mile at the start of the year. His senior season, he ran 452. He wasn't super quick on a basketball court. But, I mean, a 452 mile is nothing to turn your nose up at.
2: No. But you don't get to you don't get to run a mile much at ninety feet at a time. <laughs> no, he'd have had to do a lot of zigzagging.
0: Right. <laughs> I got to get my mile in on the basketball court. No weapon backs, um, Dad. We are going actually to give you a minute um, because I'm sure he's listening to um, go ahead and apologize to Stanley Burrell oh, for all of the horrendous horrendous things you said about him as he splashed 17-foot jumpers and occasionally i think he missed like two in his four years as savior um pull up 17 footers so anyway the floor
2: is yours oh my well you know i'll never forget the christmas when he sent me a gift (laughs) you know it it looked a lot like your handwriting He was trying to
0: bury the hatchet, Dad. (laughs) But
2: but it had Stanley Burrell's name on it. And uh, that was going to be my honorable mention because watching the games with you guys were always lively. And when Stanley was there, we would have back and forth, remarkable back and forth between father and sons. It's special bonding moments. Because there were times he would, you know, when he'd whip one of those cross-court ankle breakers and, uh, you know, and I'd get so aggravated, then he'd come up and pull some triple turn over the shoulder, flip, and it would go in. So, right. yes, he's my honorable mention because of you, Bryce Stanley Burrell. and
0: yeah, because, you know, he locked down Eric Gordon. But, yeah, I mean, Sure. <laughs> Only remember the bad things about Stan. He was also
1: oh, a 58% three-point shooter for his career, which is just slightly below his 42%
2: inside-the-arc shooting for his career. <laughs> well, that's why right. those 17-footers, I always enjoyed it when he'd pull up.
0: Well, he couldn't ruin his three-point percentage, death. <laughs> I understood it.
2: Yeah. I guess you did not. Well, you were um, both unconscionable gunners.
0: Uh, he ended up playing defense, which is a, a transition I never really made. <laughs> he was like, become a lockdown defender? Got it. And I was like, I- I'll I'll just sit down, coach. I'm good. I'll just ride the pine for a while. It's fine. Okay, so um, having kind of gone through, you know, memory lane, um, the, the, some of the, the great players that, um, you know, I mean it, it, it's something that there are so many great players that I mean there are some who haven't been met I know you're a huge Jamie Gladden fan, you know oh, yeah. uh, Byron Larkin, um Aaron Williams, I mean so many great players down the years. Kevin oh, Fry, great. um, you know, the whole the whole litany. I know he oh. likes Justin Dolman, just you know. He, he shot free throws well basically if you play for Xavier and you shoot free throws well my dad probably likes you
2: right well you know Matt Steinberg um, drove for Uber I don't know if you knew that
0: really who's yeah. your favorite Xavier player who played piano <laughs> because mine's McKinley London I don't know thoughts on Larry Austin Jr. dad um, oh boy we're yeah. not gonna get into that no <laughs> so um but Going forward, what are your thoughts on kind of the current state of the program? Are you a, a Coach Steele uh, backer, or uh, what? What do you need to see from him to to convince you if you aren't already?
2: Well, you know, I like I like Coach Steele. You know, he's right up there with Richie Sexton, You know, and, uh, he's... and people you say you like but don't. <laughs> no, I like him. Uh, you know, C- Coach Mack was a young fellow when he got it with not a lot of uh, experience and I think coach Steele, if he can, you know, if he can continue to recruit, I think he's a great guy with the X's and the O's. He's just got to get the right people in the program to, to meet what he'd like to do. You know, so I'm, I'm willing to give the guy a chance and uh, you know, he's from the Xavier lineage to a degree and, and uh, you know, um, I look forward to him being successful. I, you know, I think he's got a couple of good guys on the team right now that, uh, you know, I like to watch Paul Scruggs play. Because, again, he's just another guy that gives his all. And uh, I'm optimistic for the coming year if we get to have one.
0: Gotcha. So, um, for this year's team, I mean, what what is your expectation? Are you um, saying top half of the Big East would be – uh, a satisfying conclusion here or you know if they make the NCAA tournament but don't necessarily do that much do you think that that constitutes progress what are you hoping for out of this year's team
2: well i'm i'm hoping to finish 500 or above in the big east cuz that's going to be again that's just a tough conference and i think if you're 500 above in the big east and you uh you know hold serve against some of the non conference games you'll be in the tournament and uh you know any time they get on a tournament get into the tournament anything can happen. But I'd sure love to see them playing in March. But my expectations are not great. I don't think they're going to be a top 20 team this year. I think it's going to be a year where they got to uh get some new pieces in and start to uh gel together cuz they they lost a lot from last year's squad.
0: Right. Obviously. Nazi, Q, Bryce Moore, Tyreek, um, those four, you know, and, and uh, some of it may depend on on what happens with with Ben Stanley and and Adam Kugel, which we still don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> NCAA is taking their sweet time. They've they've had a lot to do, <laughs> you know, what with everything being canceled. They've been busy, um, but anyway, NCAA. You need to stop doing your bread baking videos and start granting people some eligibility.
1: Um, that's my message. So, Brad, do you have anything to add? Any follow-up questions? Um, I guess the question I would have is: Growing up up here and being a big basketball fan, Dad, I haven't. I don't even know if I've asked you this. Did you ever have an affinity for Cleveland State, or you know, I went to Akron or Kent State for any of those schools? Did you ever watch them very much?
2: No, I'll tell you what. Thursday nights we'd get home from Iwana and Ohio State would be on. And, you know, that was Clark Kellogg, Kelvin Ramsey. I mean, you know, they were the big dogs in northern Ohio. You know, they had all those great teams in the 60s. And so, uh, you know, Havlicek being a local boy and you know, and, and a guy named Bobby Knight, you know, those were, those were the, that was the team we followed when we were up there.
1: Okay. That's what I know. Cleveland state, the Vikings had one decent tournament run. I there's a little bit before my time, but I mean, even up here now they don't get a whole bottom. <laughs>
2: no, no, they don't. And, you know, the fear the rue, and the flashes and, you know, Bowling green, had a a team a couple times and, uh, you know, it was interesting watching them, but always Ohio State dominated north of uh, Columbus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, I think it feels like that's still the Ohio State, when they're good, (laughs) they get a lot of fans who come out of the
2: woodwork. Right. Um,
0: Right, which I guess they should be top 25 this year. So, um, I'm sure they'll have – Well, and, you know,
2: since I got this opportunity, I should give a shout-out to Vic because, you know, you guys know him and you know he played at Ohio State. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he came out of Youngstown North and played at Ohio State. Now, he's he's a few years older than me, so – he was in with guys you'd probably never heard of, but Alan Horniak, Luke Witty, that crowd.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, uh, I, I guess this isn't on your script. Sure. All right. But it is a good question. If you could have played for one coach in college basketball history, Xavier or anybody else? who would you would have wanted to play for?
2: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, from Bobby Xavier right??'t know huh? <laughs> I said, Bobby Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. no, from Xavier it'd be Pete Gillen by a long shot. But when you talk overall, there was a gentleman. I actually got to meet him and spend some time talking with him who was fairly successful in the profession. And it was a guy by the name of John Wood. And I still have, he gave me a paper called Pyramid of Success. And he'd he'd made a presentation on that. It bluffed him when I was there. And afterwards, I hung around and I actually got to shake his hand and talk to him. And he gave me a copy. And I've still got it. So, I mean, if I could have played, that would be a great guy. You know, I tried to uh, emulate him in my coaching style. If you remember that, you know, I didn't try to coach during <laughs> well, the game because you never
0: <laughs> coached me. But uh.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right.
0: Um, Maybe Brad does.
2: Yeah, ask your brothers; they remember. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he was—he was just something. He'd sit there with the paper rolled up on the bench, and he would say. You know when they asked him how he could, you know, keep his demeanor that way and just kind of watch the game, and he said, "Because you coach during practice, the players play the game." And he was fairly successful, as I recall.
0: I think so. I was going to say, you play for him. There's a good chance you get a national title ring, <laughs> even if you're not any good.
2: Yeah, and the and the reality He's- of it is, even even you know, the older I get, the better I was. He, <laughs> Even I couldn't get old enough to think I was good enough to play at UCLA.
0: <laughs> no, they weren't going to be like, Walton fouled out, it's your time to shine. <laughs> right. yeah. Stunner. Stunner. Well, all right. Well, I, I that is uh, about all the time we have. Well, it's not all the time we have. We could probably go for another seven hours uh, on the subject of college basketball yeah. with our dad. But well, is um, Brad that, back here yet? I think so.
2: Is Brad on there now? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, he's on. I mean, can he? Is why would
0: Brad ever, why would Brad oh, ever not be on? Because,
2: see, well, I want to I wanna just share one more thing about X before you wrap up. And, you know, Brad arranged for us to go down there last year, and he got me on the bench to watch warm-ups. You know, and we sat there, and it was such a thrill to be sitting there with he and Hope and getting to watch those guys, and, and you know, I got to exchange some chat with a couple of them. But then Tyreek was sitting there when we were getting up to head to our seats, and I got to go by and say something to Tyreek, and he gave me a fist bonk, and I'm like, man, this is just unreal. So I didn't want that to go without mention on probably the only time <laughs> you'll invite me to be on your show.
0: I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, we really appreciate your time, dad. And, uh, hopefully those of you out there who are listening have appreciated, uh, a little trip down, down memory lane. Um, some of you may have been following Xavier since 82. Some of you may have been following since before that, um, Steve Thomas years and, and, um, those those times back then um but we really appreciate all of you who tune in and and listen and, and follow us on twitter and we're we're really looking forward to another great year of xavier basketball hopefully um it's going to happen um and we we hope that you guys will stick with us as we cover another fantastic year of xavier basketball um moving forward here in 2020 2021 so this is brian um we're signing off for now and we will catch you guys later with some season, season preview stuff.